defenses. Initiate bank protocol. What is good? Friends and foes alike, fellow members of the flock. It is uh, another episode of Bird Protocol. I'm Palm Reader here with Otis Morris, my wonderful co host. And we're bringing you another Lazy Bird episode today because our lives have been a little bit crazy. Um, uh, you know, we said it was crazy last time and then it just kind of like got more crazy. Um, but that's life, I guess, you know, Otis, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm glad that, uh, fucking heat waves over that. That shit was like insane. That was was really hot. I mean, I mean, not to be that guy that's like, you know, they're saying it was the hottest it's ever been. And uh, boy, that sure was hot. But like, I I don't know. I think I, I that shit like literally destroyed me for days. I couldn't do anything. I, I went to work and then I went home. Like there was days where I was like any small errand was just not possible. It just wasn't going to happen. And then so, you know, get finally cooling down yesterday and the day before when I finally had a weekend. That's why, like, I think I just, like, I was so tired mentally, physically. The heat was, like, just fucking destroying me. And then finally had two days to just, like, not be a melting sack of shit was, like, so necessary. Mm. Well, that's the thing that sucks when it's hot is that like, you know, when it's really cold here in Canada, you know, we can wear jackets. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, if it's, it's yeah, it's really hot outside. It's like kind of hard to get away from. Even if you have like eight, like you, especially living on the top floor, like that must've been like, even with your AC going, it must've been like, yo, uh, because it was very, very hot. Um, so I get it. I get it. It has been a bit of a traumatic week <laughs> uh, yeah. um, for, for ver- a variety of reasons. Uh, I myself was in the hospital. Um, and, uh, uh, well, I guess I'll just I'll share my information. My body decided to stop producing insulin um, uh, or, or properly dealing with insulin. I'm not, I'm not sure which, which type of diabetic I am. Um, as of right now, one of the types, yeah, I'm I'm one of them. We're figuring it out. We're working it out. But, um, yes, on Tuesday, I was told by my doctor after some blood work, I had to immediately go to the hospital. I was, uh, I guess at the time that I'd gotten the blood work, I was at like very, very close to like, you might have, you might, you know, have some serious complications, um, which was actually me kind of failing upwards. I'm, I'm an idiot. Sometimes like when I'm like really worked up, you know, you can't really think properly. Uh, and so I was like upset that day because I had taken my blood sugar and it was high. I kind of knew that I was diabetic. Uh, and, uh, and without thinking, I was like, Oh, a smoothie is probably like fine because it's fruit. Um, just because I'm dumb. And I, I was so hot. It was the middle of the heat wave. And I was like, I need to, I need something and so I got the smoothie because it was close by. Shortly afterwards, I got my blood work and my blood sugar was like, wow, you know, uh, probably from having the smoothie. 
uh, you know, an hour yeah. or two before, um, which actually allowed me to get very prompt and, uh, and very thorough care when I went in. Now, when I went into the hospital, uh, I had already prior to this, I kind of knew what was going on about uh, two weeks ago or, or so I, 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 um, stopped taking aside from that smoothie, which was a stupid thing to do. Uh, I, uh, I cut out most of the sugars and I was working out every day and I was, um, uh, you know, kind of preparing myself for the eventual, you know, I knew it was kind of coming, uh, but they sent me in because it was so high and I got very quick care and got figured out. And I did spend, you know, most of, if not all of a day in the emergency room, um, uh, by myself, which really sucked. Uh, but, uh, um, all of the doctors that I saw nurses that I saw, they were all fantastic. My, uh, my new, uh, endocrinologist and my diabetic specialist at the, at the uh, hospital are, um, wonderful. And, uh, and I'm happy to say after, you know, uh, almost a week of, of insulin, my blood sugar levels are returning to normal. Uh, and, uh, and, um, I'm feeling really good. I got a lot of changes to make a lot of things to deal with in the f- immediate future till we find out what type it is and, and just general changes in my lifestyle that I need to make, uh, for a few months and really get out ahead of it. Um, but I was planning on taking most of the su- rest of the summer off anyway. So, you know, it kind of worked out, um, not a great situation to have, but your boy's yeah. going to be okay. I'm feeling great. I'm, I'm my, like I said, my blood sugar's leveling out and uh, thankful that I didn't wait any longer and that I kind of failed myself upwards. Cause if I hadn't done anything about it, uh, you know, and it was now or a week from now, I could have been in a lot worse of a situation. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's why we, uh, you know, why, why we're doing a lazy bird today uh, and, uh, and why, uh, you know, why, why things have been a little bit hectic. Uh, also, you know, Otis, you've had some, some people close to you who are also in the hospital and we had this heat wave and, uh, and just, it was, uh, uh, you know, uh, we, we had the album release last weekend while I was like yeah. in the midst of having like a high blood sugar episode for like, you know, it was, it was ramping up. It was getting worse and worse daily. So, you know, last weekend, pretty rough weekend, but, um, but it was Canada day and we did have the album release and that was fun. Shout out to Jason. Congratulations on monolith being out. Go stream that. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I guess that's, that's, that's pretty much, uh, you know, hopefully things will kind of level out for the next couple weeks and there's no more, no more craziness, like, you know, mm-hmm. knock on wood. Um, but yeah, yeah. You, you get to just like, yeah, chill for the summer and just like be on your fucking Larry June shit. Just be healthy and uh, yes, know, good job, bomb reader. And, uh, um. yeah. So <laughs> you know, it, get get your mind right, get your body right, and uh, I think you'll be okay, man. I think you'll. But uh, I understand that can be stressful. I mean, my dad has diabetes, so like you know, he's got. I've, like he 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 manages because yeah you just have to make the necessary changes and like you know not like not be not fuck around and if you mm-hmm. like do fuck around and like you know have some you know I guess cheat days per se you know you just have to correct it just 
you know, just going to the gym. You just, yeah, you just got to be healthy, man. And I, yeah. You can do it. Oh, yeah. Dude, you, yeah. I'm already, like, I've already, in the since I've been, like, it's two weeks now, I've already, like, you can see a physical change. Because I've cut mm-hmm. all sugars, uh, except for, like, natural sugars. I am have cut carbs way, way down. Um, and I've been working out every day for, like, at least an hour. Um, and so, yeah, so I'm, you know, who knows by the end of the summer, I may look like a different man, um, and feel like a different man and be a different man. I'm going to steal someone's identity. Um, that'd be wild. if You actually (laughs) just steal it. You just, uh, who's who's like a prominent redhead person. I don't know. You just become the Ron Weasley guy. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. They're just like, Hey, is Rupert like, I don't know. Does he seem taller or something? Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. He's also like, did he lose his accent or is he like preparing for what's going on here? What's Rupert doing? Uh, yeah. yeah, just, you know, um, fly across the pond or, or I guess he's probably in Hollywood. I don't know where Rupert Grint lives. Don't, don't. don't yeah, I don't know where any of the Harry Potter. Maybe he lives in New York. None of them really do much except for Daniel Radcliffe. And even him, he's like, I exclusively just do art film now. Uh, and he has a kid. He just had a baby. Um, anyway, well, you know, uh, so that's, you know, that's something that happened. And uh, we're living, we're learning, we're dealing with it. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I just wanted to say again, you know, uh, shout out to Jason for Monolith coming out and uh, all his hard work coming to fruition. It was an honor to be a part of that. Uh, and also... Uh, I wanted to 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 give you the the, the floor. I mean, you had a uh, a really good comedy show that you you know you felt did very well, but you were also um, accosted by a dark magician, and I thought this would be a chance to chat about that too because you know uh, you you texted me frantically about this man's um, skills, magical Eagles? skills. Yeah, so why don't you tell the people about uh... your your experience with this evil, uh, dark force. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Magic's cool. I guess. I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not like a person that's like magic's fucking dumb, dude. Like it's just tricks. And I'm like, I'm not also one of like somebody that's like, Oh my God, what a coin in my ear. What the fuck? Oh my God. But like to have, a trick done on you unsuspectingly is kind of cool, especially like in a semi-professional capacity, I guess. I don't know. So anyway, I was at a comedy show in which I was performing on. And uh, I guess like, you know, magicians are kind of comedy adjacent because like it is an act it is a stage act it's like an entertainer Some, entertainer yeah it's entertainment and you know it does have comedic elements so i was like okay this is interesting um for, but uh you know i was just sitting in the audience like sort of in the middle of it because you know it's not like a huge show you know so there's like maybe only actually 20 actual audience members and the rest were like performers or people with performers so you know very small very small you know this is this is the life of a uh, a poor comedian this is this is my life performing in not comedy clubs but uh 
what was this place? I forget. It was like a Korean burger joint. It was insane. I don't know what kind of food they were serving, but uh, it was tight though. I don't know. Uh, so anyway, anyway, at this place, uh, so I'm just sitting there, and this guy just comes up to me, and he places a like a drawing of like a character that's just like a black black outline, like just a marker outline of like this like cartoon character. And then this thing with like five markers in it of different colors. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I didn't really think of anything of it. Uh, I was kind of like just looking at my jokes to kind of like try and plot my set out. And then, you know, somewhere I forget, like I'm in like the second half of the show. And so this guy is like the third person or something on the show. And so he goes up and he's then starts his act and he's like, I placed this thing out here in the, uh, you know, the audience and blah, 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 blah. And then I'm like, oh shit, it's me. And he's like, okay. So he's like, what does he do first? I think first he pulls out a blindfold and then he uh, like gets a guy in the audience to make sure that the blindfold is, you know, you can't see shit through it. You know, who knows? Maybe that guy was in on it. I don't think he was, you know, but uh, it's the blindfold and it's whatever. It's just a bandana or whatever, you know, and he puts it on so he can't see. And so then he starts interacting with me, like talking to me. And he's like, okay, so you're going to have this, you have this drawing in front of you, correct? And he's like, okay, and you have these markers in front of you. And I'm like, yes. And he's like, okay, I want you to grab a marker and I'm like, okay. And then I grab a marker. And then he's like, okay, with that marker, you know, draw in the suspenders. And then, you know, so, and then, you know, so on and so forth, drawing the suspenders, the t shirt, the shorts, the socks, the whatever, and then the tie. So he does that whole thing. And then, so he does that. And I have my thing all colored in. And then he's like, okay, holds off the blindfold. And he's like, okay, show me what you drew or colored in and show him show the audience and then he's like he pulls out an envelope and then he starts looking through the envelope and i'm like holy fuck this is hilarious like he just has an envelope filled with all the possible combinations i'm like holy shit that's that's hilarious like if this dude if this was just a joke the whole time that's fucking hilarious so he's like going through it like there's a lot of paper in there and you're like, oh, fuck, yeah, I'm thinking of it. I'm like, I guess, yeah, there's a possibility of no less than, like, 25 combinations because I guess it's five by five. I guess that's the color. So, yeah, so it would be, like, 25 possible combinations. Anyway, so he pulls out. But then when he, he pulls them out, you realize they're all the exact same. They're all what I drew. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, fuck, what? No way, dude. Holy shit. What the fuck? So he knew. I'm like, holy shit, how did he know? How did he know? And then, so I'm already mind blown. I'm like, okay, this trick is fantastic. Love this. Like, let's, okay, sick, dude. Way to go. And then he's like, oh, you know what? He just starts stripping his clothes off to reveal that he is also wearing the exact outfit that the like cartoon character's wearing with the exact color scheme as I drew it. So that's, I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, it's that's mind boggling. Uh, that's that's like honestly, like I've been thinking about it since you explained it to me, and I don't 
The only answer I have is he must have done some kind of like mentalism on you where he kind of like prompted you without you knowing which colors to pick so that you thought you were doing picking originally, but it was like mm. some, you know what? I don't I, know. I, I know what it is. I know what the trick is. I know how he does it. it and I figured it out. It took me a couple of days, but it, it came to me eventually one day in the shower. I was actually thinking about it for like three days. And well, you, you can tell me off Mike, cause I don't want to ruin this guy's if it's, if that's right, you know? Yeah, I true. Want, I guess so. Yeah. I guess so. But anyway, so you, you can go onto his Instagram and he posted the trick on his Instagram and he is tagged in the video that I posted because then I had to perform like 15 minutes, like 20, 30 minutes later. And I was still fucking mind blowing. So I just posted like a two minute rant of me just talking about yeah. how you were accosted by, uh, yeah, by a dark how, wizard. how <laughs> I am broken. And like, I, it was insane. It was, I didn't know what to do. Like the only way, like it really was, if you've seen the one, I think you should leave sketch where it's pretty much the exact situation where Tim Robinson's character gets fucking made a fool by a magician. And then like, he has to like confront the magician, but like, you know, he actually goes on stage and like, I forget what he does. I think he like punches him or something. I forget how that sketch ends. But in my, my defense was I then had to go on stage and I could just call him an asshole from the stage. And that's what I proceeded to do. But uh, yeah, I, I eventually a couple days later, cause I was like, fuck, how could he have possibly done it? Like, that's what I was thinking the whole time. I was like, how did he manipulate me into like picking certain colors for certain, like, how did he do it? And then eventually it, uh, it occurred to me. It's, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I, you can I, tell I don't we don't want to ruin it because like we respect, I respect the, the craft yeah, of like magic magicians. Um, and like, if it, it was like a simple coin or a card trick, I'd be like, I'd, I'd be like, who gives a shit? But like, this is like, he had a whole, like, this is a whole five, seven minute thing. So like, I don't want to fuck up his five, seven minute thing. Yeah. If it was like a card trick that I could do in 30 seconds, I'd be like, that's, that's free game to fuck up for everybody. So. Well, do you remember when, when Becky's was around with that one night we were there and that magician came and he did that trick where he put the pen in the hat and he gave me the, the hat to make sure the pen was there. And then he like took the hat and just flipped it inside out and the pen was gone. And I like lost my mind. I don't remember that. I have but... it on video somewhere. Maybe I'll post it <laughs> with in the, <laughs> on the uh, cemetery sound uh, Instagram, which you guys should all go follow um, because I've updated the website and, uh, and we got a lot of cool things coming in the next couple of weeks. And, and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and throughout the summer and into the fall. Uh, so you guys should definitely follow that if you're not following it already. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, being accosted by, by a magician uh, out of the blue with such an intricate trick, even if you may have figured it out now, still, yeah. I can understand how that, you know, broke your brain a little bit. Um, yeah, it took me 72 hours to figure it out. So there was 72 hours where I was like, a man entered my brain and fucked me. In yeah. my skull. He yeah. entered me and just destroyed me. Like fucking Cerebro. He just came and just 
fucking he he professor X'd me. I was like, this <laughs> fuck you. Like I hated him. I yeah. hated him instantly. Um, but then he was like super nice because he had he was recording his like footage like for his trick. And so I never like record my sets video. I only ever record audio. So I was like immediately after it happened, I was like, oh shit, I need to post this. And I was gonna like make a video. But then he was like, yo, man, afterwards. We were like going to do like a thing where we edited them like both things together, but then we were just like, ah, he'll post the magic trick, I'll post the jokes. But yeah, he gave me the video for it, so I was able to post it on my Instagram. Yeah, and I was gonna say, I was gonna say, Morris, dude, watch that video because it's the first comedy video I've ever like posted. Because that's that's exactly what I was gonna say. I was gonna say, and for the people who didn't hear, Otis Morris, dude, at Otis Morris, dude. And you can watch it, but I was I was very proud to see that you put like you know uh, usually you don't post your comedy or anything like that, but I thought it was a great clip to post for your first time. I thought it was really funny, especially because I knew that you were actually like that wasn't that was like half an act, like you were being hyperbolic and embellishing. Yeah, but, but you were. I could also I also knew you weren't joking because you had texted me and were like, "Yo, this magician." <laughs> came at yeah. me, and I was like, <laughs> "Okay, what the hell?" You told me the thing anyway. Um, well, well, uh, yeah, uh, so, yeah, so that's there. And I'm happy that that's like the first thing I posted and it's not some like shitty crowd work and it's not like, it's not my material. Like, so like, it's not like jokes I've written. I was just like, oh, this is like a fun little rant I did that is very much in, you know, vein of what my style of comedy generally is, which is basically a mental breakdown on stage. And I think this perfectly, you know, encaps like just, you know, just really nailed it on the head of what it is to see me perform. And so and, and never it was wondered. Imp- yeah. And it was improvised, too. I mean, yeah. you're never going to see that people exactly. who go and see you aren't going to like like see that. But it gives them a taste yeah, of what kind of thing. Yeah, it was, I think it was great. I think overall it was a. A, a great choice to put it on. I laughed at it. I think everybody who's listening should go check it out. Um, speaking of entertainers and live acts, I did get a chance to see Jinx Monsoon on her on her tour with my lovely girlfriend who came up uh, um, just a couple weekends ago, I guess, uh, uh, just before I started my, uh, uh, you know, health kick, no more drinking, working out every day and all that stuff leading up to my eventual diabetic diagnosis but that weekend um you know uh uh we went to see jinx and it was a really great show and 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 quite funny and um and really enjoyable i do want to say that uh if you're a sound guy and and you're in a a a venue and it sounds bad get off your fucking phone man I was I was like maybe like one row behind and maybe like three chairs over from the sound box. And homie was not even doing it. He was just on, he must have been playing Brick Breaker or whatever, playing Clash of Titans. I don't know. Playing some doing something because he was on his phone the whole time. And however they did the stage sound check, I don't know if they sound checked with the instruments and then sound checked with Jinx separately or something, but it was the perfect level for her doing her comedy and, and Mm. telling the stories and the skits and all those, you know, all that stuff and doing the crowd work, which was great. uh, Hilarious. Um, but it wasn't mixed to the vocal level and I don't know why he, or to the music, 
vocals weren't mixed to the music level. I don't know why he didn't just have like two settings two that he switched. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it was. I don't know why. Maybe it was because she wanted to have one microphone the whole time, or I don't know. I have no idea. But Homeboy was just sitting there, or sorry, I should say grown man was just sitting there not really making any changes. And I could see the EQ. I could see the little screen with the EQ on it. And I could see where the problem was because I do that. And so I was like, (laughs) man, just turn it up slightly. It was driving me fucking crazy. Um, But the performance was great. uh, And it was like super, uh, a super varied crowd. And everybody was like having a good time. It was really cool um, and uh, very, very different from, you know, in some ways very similar to like a regular drag show, but in other ways quite different because there were, there was a band, then there was kind of like a story and it it kind of blurred the lines between like a play and uh, uh, a a musical performance and a drag performance. And um, it was good stuff though. Definitely, definitely uh, was a great time. I'm glad I went and I I definitely had some some big laughs it's cool to say that i've seen one of the drag race and uh, drag race all-stars winners and mm. um yeah it was dope um very dope yeah, um, well you know what they say you either die a rock star or you live long enough to become the sound guy or whatever <laughs> um or, or if you're lucky you fall between the cracks and become an independent producer um yeah, I, yeah, you become your own promoter, or I don't know, or you just, you live long enough, and then you're just the merch guy forever, and that that really sucks. That there's that's that's another that. that's another twist of the that's of the strand of fate, of the roots of the trees of fate. Yeah, you either become a sound um, guy or a, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I know what you're trying to uh, do. I'm trying to make that joke about the Batman. You know. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was trying to do that. I don't know. I, I also, like, stumbled on some words there. I, I haven't been in a big speaking mode uh, recently. You know, just been... Me and Parrot, we went out one night, and, like, I just kind of, like, showed up for the first half hour. And I just kind of, like, sat there. And then, like, one dude later was, like, in later in the night, he was like, yo, man, like, you good? I'm just like, yeah, man. And he's just like... Yeah, you just like seemed like really chill. Like you just kind of like showed up and sat there, and I was like, "Yeah, man, I was just, just really, really stoned, dude. <laughs> really, yeah, not gonna man. lie. I, I took a bonk toke right before I left, so that's that's why that, that really uh, is my state right now. That's where I'm at. I'm like one bong toke away of just like you know just checking out of existence. You know, I, I'm just trying to be on a higher plane all the time right now. Uh, you know, I, I, I have no idea. That's, yeah, you know, it's acceptable. You know, no need to, uh, no need to explain. Speaking of videos though, um, did you, our, our friend Dan, uh, that we went to university with, did you happen to watch his first YouTube video? No. Oh my goodness. Well, when you get a chance, check out, uh, his video. Um, he does like a, he's like explaining the um the start of kid rock's performance at woodstock 99 and it's so funny <laughs> it's just really really funny cuz he's but- like he- <laughs> He's just talking about it like he's he's just running commentary on what's happening, and it's like really funny. Like 
I was, I, I laughed out loud. So Dan, if you're listening to this, I don't know if you listen to the pod, but uh, I loved the video. I laughed out loud. I thought it was really funny. I mean, I have that like video just like playing in my head now. So firstly, it's, um, so like the band starts playing for like so long. Yeah, he talks and about And they that. all get like so, and they all do solo. So like yeah. guitar player gets solo, bass player gets solo, the drummer gets a solo, which is like this cool black chick. Like she's super into it, yeah, just killing it. Dude, I ha- I know this video like off he, by heart. He, was, so he it's talks hilarious. About, the the funniest thing is that he's like, he's like, Oh like yeah, you want, yeah. He's like he, he, the Kid Rock comes out and he's wearing the the big fur coat. And he's like strutting. Yeah. And Dan's like, yo, look, like he's he look at the way he's walking. Like this is insane. And he's wearing a, mm-hmm. a giant fur coat. And it's the middle of the winter. And then he's like, now watch, look at this, look at this. He takes off his coat and he puts the he takes his he gives his his hat and his cane to this other like guy, like these hot ladies. Yeah, or is it a guy? and then another person comes out and gives him a different hat. Dan's like, like, look at this. He took his hat off and someone brought him a different hat. It's really funny. It's very, very worth the video itself is like hilarious, but it's definitely worth um uh watching Dan's video um and 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 uh and just watching that video in general because it's insane. It's uh it's an insane performance, but his the way he kind of talks about it is really funny because it's in his own voice and stuff like that. So I just, just want to give a shout out because I laughed at that. Uh, uh, Dan's got like a, just like, yeah, you know. Uh, He's very monotone. Yeah. It's hilarious <laughs> whenever I talk to him on the phone at work because uh, we work for the same company. So we yeah. interact every so often. Anyway, um, uh, speaking of things we've watched, listened to, uh, uh, played, um what 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 you got what have have you been listening to anything uh anything excellent lately uh yeah i mean specifically this past weekend um i mean what, what well this past weekend the butter lovers ep came out which uh yeah, i'm what? sure we mentioned i didn't know that yeah what the surprise dropped it on uh on friday yeah so you know better Yo. lovers is the new basically every time i die plus uh, Greg, the vocalist from Dillinger Escape Plan. And uh, yeah, so they've had one song out, 30 Under under 13, which is a fucking ripper. And yeah, so there's it's four songs, so three new songs, and they go pretty hard. Damn, I'm so stoked to listen to this. a cool middle ground sort of between Every Time I Die and Dillinger. Uh, just because Greg is like a pretty versatile vocalist. So like, you know, he does a lot of really fast vocals and, you know, he has some really nice cleaning, like clean vocals. And then, you know, he does all types of wild stuff. And then, you know, some guitar stuff that's, you know, if you're, you know, and every time I die fan, there's going to be some stuff in there that's kind of unexpected, some more melodic stuff. That's pretty fucking cool. Uh yeah, no, it it, uh, it goes pretty hard. And then, so there was that. And then just been listening to a lot of the, the new Killer Mike album. That album mm-hmm. fucking mm-hmm. goes hard front to back. Uh, Man, shit. I didn't even know that the Better Lovers EP dropped. And I am so stoked to dive into that because 30 Under 13 is, uh, like, has been on heavy rotation in my 
in my in my life. So I'm I'm very very excited to listen to that. Uh, and I agree with you. The Killer Mike album is Chef's Kiss. Chef's yeah. Kiss. I mean, there's so many good things about the album. If you don't know, it's called Michael uh, by Killer Mike. Came out, I guess, just just under just just almost about a month ago now. But uh, yeah, there's some every song on like no skips for real for real no skips on this album and like it's a rap album dude and it goes it's all like some of the like tightest production yeah the production on it is like insane insane and all the guests all the guest verses are you know like excellent even like artists that you know i'm not even necessarily big on like you know young thug I do not like Young Thug in like any capacity, but like him on the song Run, actually pretty tight. I mean, the album version of Run with the Dave Chappelle intro, fucking sick. And then, you know, the fact that Killer Mike changed the uh the hookup so that I can actually say it. Hell yeah. I love yeah. it. <laughs> Even um, though I thought it was weird because it kind of took away from I guess it doesn't take away from the message, but like I I don't know. I thought it was weird because that's like well, you know, the him using the N-word in that song has there's a specific meaning to it. And I was like, you know, I am overthinking this for a white suburban guy. Who gives a shit? He's from Atlanta. Let him do whatever the fuck he wants. So uh Yeah, I gotta say that song, the Don't Let the Devil, um, with LP is like that song makes me wanna like lift a car. Yeah. Like that, that song's song. insane. Um Scientists and engineers, I mean, not just for the three, <laughs> excuse me, the three stacks verse, which is which fine. Is, it's a fine which is verse. Sick. It it's is sick. It is it's sick. Cool. I mean, it's it's Andre just saying weird alien words that don't really make sense. Like at one at one point he says cucumber will make her drip. And I'm pretty sure he says follows that up with hookahs don't really do shit. Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Andre, um, I love you, but what the fuck are you on right now? Yeah. Like what nanotechnology have you fucking instilled in your brain in whatever he probably lives in the house from the fucking Lloyd Banks video that disappeared. Well, and that's why no one can find him. And, and the, that's an incredible reference. I can't believe you just, that was so deep. I love it. Um, but I also love that song. Like the future on that song is fantastic. Like doing the kind of hook and interlude parts. Um, and, and killer Mike's verse is crazy on that. Um, The the uh, spaceship views, the two chains That's, verse, and yep. the currency verse are all like, mm-hmm. yo, man, like what? The um, Mozzie verse on shed tears, yeah, was hard. I mean, shut up, Mozzie, fire song. The opening song, down by law, hard, yeah, featuring CeeLo, very Atlanta, very yep. Atlanta. So like, and then you know, it's nice that like, there's songs about things. It's like, oh, he's, you know, he his songs have a purpose, which like, you know, is if you've been listening to Killer Mike, you know, that's not new. You know, he's always been a songwriter, you know, and you see that it, in, you know, Run the Jewels, and but you've seen that in his earlier shit. Like rap music is also the same thing. Like songs, like they're, it's sure it's called rap music, but these are like, there's rap songs. Like he is a fantastic 
like songwriter and structuring songs and putting you know artists together that you wouldn't necessarily think like would go together like you know i i wouldn't think killer mike and young thug would make a banger together like sure it's like okay yeah they're both from atlanta but like there's that's so incredibly different that it's like okay but it works yeah or like even like i'm and i don't know why it never occurred to me but like two chains and currency together it's like yes the fucking we like weed smoke generals like yes get these people together like yeah (laughs) um yeah it's really good i think that just across the board it's really like everything is very tight everything is very purposeful songwriting flow choices production the features everything is very much like you can tell that this was incredibly thought out and i appreciate that to no end uh because i you know i really really like um uh, uh when people do that you know the actual like art of crafting an album and thinking about things and purposefulness in your art uh is really really dope um and obviously mike's a a veteran of the hip-hop stuff and and his you know everything that he's put out has been excellent and uh, it's just another notch on the belt of you know of the championship belt for him um and i love it it's great it's 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 a banger so go listen to it michael if you haven't listened to it go listen to it um i've been listening to a lot there's an artist from toronto that i just found uh called silo uh s-y-l-o um who's like a kind of like alt r&b kind of indie pop not indie pop. I don't, I wouldn't say it's like kind of a pop alt R and B or like alt pop R and B. Um, but his voice is beautiful. Like I, I, and it's all like his album blanket. All the songs are very like guitar driven R and B kind of like just very beautiful songs. And I really, really enjoy it. Um, and, uh, and I just, I saw him perform a new song called mile end on colors. And I was like, this guy's voice is like heavenly. And so I looked it up. I've been enjoying that quite a bit. Um, I have not listened to the little Uzi Vert tape, uh, the pink tape. Um, I don't know if I will. Uh, I don't know. I just. Which one's little Uzi Vert? He's the one with the diamond in his forehead. Yeah, but like, what, what's his big song? Oh, like XO Tour Life and uh, okay. and Money Longer and You Was Right and all of those songs. That's, like XO Tour Life, that's like push me through the uh, yeah yeah yeah. That's him. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, I, but, I like I I mix up all the dudes. I I I'm so out of touch. Like I I for so long I've thought him and like Lil Yachty were like the same person, but like mm. I don't know. Lily well, Yachty's like fat now. Yeah, I know it's weird. Um, the uh, well, the um, uh, another uh, another song. So I haven't really listened to to the Pink Tape, so I don't really have an opinion on it yet. Um, I do like Little Lucy Vert, but I don't know for some for some reason there's like a cover on there uh, that I forget what song it is, but I heard a bit of the cover and I was like, oh, ah, and I was really mad about it. So then I didn't actually listen to the album. Um, and I also didn't like the, uh, the song, the single that he put out the, um, 
there was some song that he was, I don't think it's a single on the, the album, but he, it was a song that came out and it was ever, it was playing everywhere. Oh my God. What's the name of the song? So I'm going to look it up so that I, I don't, uh, it's like, Oh, just want to rock. And it's just like, I didn't like that song. <laughs> so I was like, Oh, I don't know. I'm not going to listen to it, but I will, I will get around to it. And I'll hopefully next week I'll have a, a more, uh, or, or next time we have a lazy bird, I'll have an opinion on it. Um, wait, wait, he did a cover of like the twisted sister song. Like, no, 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 no. Um, I want to rock. No, no, no. It's it's no. Lil Uzi Vert cover. I don't even. I remember I heard it and I was. Oh, he covered Chop Suey by System of a Down. Oh no, thank you. No yeah, and I was like, I heard it and was like, oh. Who else was it that covered Chop Suey? Or no. Uh, oh, it was uh, when Machine Gun Kelly did aerials on like Howard Stern. And it was like the worst fucking thing I've ever heard because it's like air yeah, you, you, cu- you, you cut out like, you there. Know when I dudes- think, hold on you cut out there and I think that's because like the, the universe was like don't talk about it yeah like, exactly. it was so bad the universe was like no shh anyway, people can't but hear like, it I, I think it's hilarious speaking on that Machine Gun Kelly video I think it's hilarious when people try to do like that fake like raspy voice like when people like try to like sing like Kurt Cobain and they don't like and then they just sound like shit and they just sound like Aah. it's just like you sound like a dude on the bus that's like wounded and dying like stop don't do that sing normally <laughs> anyway, sorry. Um, uh, and I, I also want to give a shout out. This is like a belated shout out, but our homie Wednesday put out a song, Conceited. Uh, it's doing really well, and um, and the song actually is really good. Uh, really, really good stuff. Um, you can see he's kind of like really zoning in on kind of the direction and the sound he's moving in, and it's cool. It's really dope. I really like the song, um, and uh, and. Super dope to see the homies winning and go stream it. Uh, it's excellent. Um, I've also been listening to an artist from, uh, I think he's from Texas. I assume he's from Texas uh, because he has a very big song right now called Johnny Dang with um, Paul Wall. But uh, he's it's a rapper. He goes by that Mexican OT. Uh, he's he's uh, keeping that school with a guy named Johnny Dang. <laughs> is he the guy so who makes the, the oh well i was gonna say he's the guy who sells grills but no he sold the you know he sold molly <laughs> um but i i just i really like um his music it's very much like a a revival of that uh kind of uh, uh houston sound um and uh um yeah, he is from Texas. He's a real, real revival of that Houston, like <laughs> Texas, like slab music sound. But he does this thing where he rolls his R's while he's rapping. And it's Hell the yeah. coolest thing I've ever heard. There's a part in Johnny Dang where he says, like, I'm a dirty boy from Dirty Bay riding around with a dirty K or something. But he's like, I'm a dirt. Like he does this like roll with his. It's crazy. It sounds insane. I'm like, this is 
awesome. Um, but I listened to his album, uh, Nonsense and Mexican Shit, um, and some of his other ones, South Texas Project, Southside Steppin. Uh, and I just like it. I like that somebody is like kind of following oh, yeah. in that kind of Texas sound at Houston. Yeah. Uh, I like albums that sound like a Bucky's parking lot. Like yeah. Oh, yeah. Then like you'll love got this. Hundred gas pumps. Then fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that I tried to send you this, and I don't know if you you probably weren't even like thinking about it or you're working or something. But if you get a chance, if you like Texas hip hop, if you like the Houston sound, and you want to hear something oh, that's I like do. a modern take on it, it's like a real revive, like not revival, but like carrying the torch. Um, I really enjoy it, and also. Uh, a rapper that you guys should definitely check out. You may have seen him on Instagram. He goes by Shah Mula. He's from New York. And um, this boy raps like every song he has to, he's rapping for his, his dinner. Like he just raps. He raps and raps and raps. And I've always like liked his videos on Instagram because he posts a lot of videos of him rapping his like verses bar for bar. And uh, I've always been impressed and all that stuff, but he, I didn't realize he had so many albums out uh, and I listened to a bunch of them and this guy is spitting, like just spitting. Um, yeah. And it is, it is absolutely uh, 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 amazing. Like he it just, you can tell every song he's just going and I love that energy. Like I love that, like, kind of chip on your shoulder something to prove rapping for your meal like that fire uh because there's a lot of rappers who get who get you know a little shine and start kind of like resting on their laurels um yeah. and uh and and he's quite popular on Instagram and and all of that but he's just every song just fucking barred up it's so sick um and the last thing that I'm going to suggest because I've been listening to uh, quite her quite a lot or, or them. I'm not sure which pronoun they prefer, uh, but Ethel Kane, um, a trans uh, artist from the States who makes this kind of gothic pop country music. It's very hard to describe what kind of sound Ethel Kane creates, but it's, it's this kind of like Southern gothic pop but it's very melancholy. There's some songs that are kind of upbeat, but a lot of the lyrical content and everything, it's all about, you know, kind of the darker side. It's like, it sounds like, like true detective season one. <laughs> okay. It's, it's pretty fucking radical. Um, but very okay. sad, very dark, very gothic, but also very cool, very interesting, very new. Um, and so I, I really, I really mess with it. I think it's really cool. Um, and I guess that's probably about it. I don't, do you have anything else you want to, uh, yeah, there's like two things. I'm not sure if I've mentioned either of these things because I don't really remember what we talked about, like previously, uh, in case, in terms of like new releases, but, uh, at the beginning of June, uh, a band called spy, uh, released their like debut full length album. They're like a sick hardcore punk band, uh, you know, pretty heavy on the punk side of it. Like, for example, 10 songs, the album's 13 minutes. So, like, it goes, you know, there's, like, no breakdowns in, like, a traditional sense. There's, like, no palm muting. It's all just power chords, fast, 
heavy as fuck. Makes you want to like spin kick an old lady. You shouldn't, but like it makes you want to, which is you know what you should want in a hardcore like album. Uh, so that and then if you know if you're into more about like you know shaking your ass or something like that, uh, the new Queens of the Stone Age album also came out, which also absolutely fucks. And there's I feel like I'm now that I'm talking about it, I feel like I talked about this already, but there's like one song on there where there's like this guitar part that's in like nine eight timing, but then the rest of the song is in like four four. But like that one part's like staying like it's fucking weird, but like it's actually so sick. And there's some songs on there that uh absolutely go. So, you know, if you're fans of Queens of Stone Age, then you'll be into it and uh they're they're not, on their Meshuga. They're on their Meshuggah mode where like yeah. the guitar is playing a different time than the drums or the drums are playing a different time than the guitar. Yeah, it, it um, was, it's pretty it's pretty tight though. And like it's pretty it's pretty fucking groovy. And uh yeah, I like this new album a lot more than their previous album. So uh, you know, not that the previous album was bad, it just, you know, wasn't my favorite of theirs. Uh, but uh this new one, it uh it kind of harkens back to like uh, their album Aero Vulgaris, which I really fuck with. Some other people don't fuck with that album as much, but that tends to be one of my personal favorites of theirs. So I tend to like this album because it kind of calls back to that album. So yeah, if you like Aero Vulgaris, you probably like the new Queens uh, of Stone Age, which I forget what it's called, but it's good. So Rock and roll. Yeah. Um, music. Music. Yes. Music sounds. Rhythm. Timber, melody, um, melody, uh, yeah. Um, as far as video games, I haven't really been playing anything new because things have been a little bit crazy and hectic. But I know that you probably want to talk about the game that you've been playing. Uh, that I watched you play a little bit before we went to the uh, Mm -hmm. the album release. That seems uh, um, like a challenge, I guess. It is a challenge. So, what have you been playing? I've been playing Metroid Dread, which uh, is a joy. It's an absolute joy of a video game. And uh, it's been one that I've had for a while. I started it like months ago and then stopped playing it. And then recently, in the past couple of weeks, I picked it up again and started going pretty hard at it. Um, yeah, no, it's just fun. Like, I like Metroid games, the Metroidvania, uh, you know, sort of genre. In But like... I like it in a more modernized sense. So what the Metroidvania genre is, if you don't know, if you're not a fucking nerd that knows all these subgenres of video games, you know, you won't know. But if you are a nerd, then you're probably like, yes, I know that, you know, it's a game in which, you know, you get progress and items and that you upgrade your character and then that unlocks more areas of the map and yada, 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 blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But if you don't know that, Metroidvania games are games in which you start off and your character kind of sucks. You're limited to like one or two abilities. And then slowly, slowly, you defeat enemies and then you get new upgrades, power-ups, you become stronger, you get new abilities. And then that allows you to like backtrack, unlock new areas, and then go, you know. So that is just sort of... In that sense, you know, that's kind of standard uh, level progression. So, like, a game like uh, Batman Arkham Asylum is very much a Metroidvania in the sense of, like, oh, you can go do the first thing and fight a 
crocodile guy. And then after that, then you get the batarang or the bat whatever. And then using that bat thing, you can then enter this new area. And then in that area, you'll get a new bat thing. And then you can go back and forth. And then you can like go back to other areas and find like hidden areas or like puzzles that you didn't know how to solve earlier. And then, you know, so it's just a lot of that. But the thing that makes Metroid series interesting in particular is one the metroid series is a 2d platformer so side scroller and that and number two it's incredibly fast paced like it is super fast especially boss battles like because bosses are like shooting 10 different things out like 10 different orifices at you you're avoiding you know there's a saw on the bottom of the ground for whatever reason i don't know why there's a saw on the floor but sure you so you have to avoid that the next thing you know gravity goes out and stuff but the thing is at first, it seems so overwhelming, and like you're like, how the fuck could I possibly do this? And you'll die like five, ten times. But then, you know, after the tenth time, you're like, oh, I see the pattern. I know how to now avoid that attack. I know what they're going to do. And then, you know, a couple times later, you die. And the next thing you know, you're just defeating the thing, and then it's just a matter of just outlasting it and beating it. And I think that's what I like about games and i think i found my game like the types of games i like in which it's games like you know metroid or you know games like elden ring and the dark souls series in which it does at first when you encounter a new challenge you're like holy fuck how could i possibly ever do this this is so fucking stupid this is fucking dumb like who made this like what fucking asshole like masochistic dickhead made this like fuck you i hate you miyazaki how dare you make fucking dark souls you asshole i'm pretty sure he's miyazaki or mizaki i forget the dark souls guy name i'm sorry somebody's gonna yell at me but games that (laughs) games that present a challenge which at first you're like holy shit this is you know david versus goliath yeah it was impossible but then slowly through basic problem solving and recognizing things and just you know having patience and treating a game like a game figuring it out figuring out how it wants you to play and figuring out oh but how does that fit into how i want to play and then you know having give and take and i'd like and then you know and then the the payoff is so much greater like when especially when you feel yourself progressing like that boss that I forget what boss it was that I walked into a dude and he just beat my ass. And you're like, holy fuck, this game seems hard. Eventually, after a half an hour, I was fucking I could have beat that guy with my fucking eyes closed because I eventually figured out all the attacks, how to counter every attack, how, how much time I have to dodge the thing. And it's just like it's autism really is what it is. It's just being an <laughs> autist in the peers form. But I've realized that that's what I like. And it's like even as simple, like, I don't know, I think, and I don't know, I think that's, I found games that tend to be more difficult, but are fair. Like, there's a fairness to it, but you just have to figure out how to do it. You just can't be a dickhead. It's not like Call of Duty, where you can be like, oh, I want to play this on easy mode and just run out and shoot everybody in the fucking face. And it's like, okay, well, you know what? I don't want to be on easy mode all the time. You know, sometimes it's fun. Like, going gta and just cruising down a sidewalk nothing beats it funnest possible thing you could do on a fucking saturday night if you're stoned classic timeless but sometimes you know i actually want to like 
feel like frustrated for a while and be like, okay, I, I need to solve a problem. And, you know, I've found the video games that present those problems. Well, and I've also gotten better at not like freaking out out of at video games. Now, like I'll be like, okay. And like, I acknowledge, I was like, okay, this is a challenge that I now need to think about and overcome. And like, I'm doing that in Elden Ring too, where it's like, I got stuck at, I was stuck at like three different bosses and then took a break, came back to them, beat all their asses. And now I'm stuck at like another, like four new bosses where I'm like, okay, I'll come back to these dudes and I'll, I'll, I'll approach them with a clear mind and a, a willingness to accept their challenge. And I will persevere and I will smash their fucking dicks off. Fair enough. So, yeah. So. Well, I, like I said, I haven't, things have been hectic. Haven't really been playing anything new, just the usual occasional battlefield or Fortnite or, or, or uh, rocket league, obviously. Um just because it's been super busy, but there are some things that I do want to play. Uh, and now that I have a bit more time because I'm, you know, on the doctor told me to take it very easy and focus on my health and, and, and both mental and physical, I got a little bit of a, you know, a, a reason to, to just kind of enjoy some stuff that I want to play. So hopefully by the next one of these, uh, you know, I might have some, uh, some thoughts on some stuff. Um, uh, and also now that I can't, uh, I'm getting rid of most of my vices. I'm going to have quite a bit of uh, uh, extra money. So maybe I might be able to get some of the games that I wanted to play um, or some of the new stuff, but let's slide on over to TV and movies. Um, First and foremost, I watched finally knock at the cabin, the, the M night Shyamalan movie that came out earlier this year, last year. When did it come out? I don't know when it I, came I think out. early this year. And, okay. Okay. So, here's the things I've... Before you go, here's the things I've always heard about this movie is, one, it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie. And so, it's stupid. It's silly. But it's pretty good. But the main thing I've heard is that Dave Bautista can act. Oh, yeah. He's like... I, he kills it. Um okay. I actually... I didn't think that this... Like, as far as, like kind of like movies go, you know, like I, I'm always, a pro- I mean, we went to school for this, so we understand the, the suspension of disbelief. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, you're going into a movie and, you know, suspend your disbelief a bit. And I thought this was a perfectly well, like, well, a very well-made technically uh, as far as using a, a pretty much one room for the whole, uh, uh, or if not like 80% of the film, um, and using space and close up and, and framing really good stuff, like really excellent filmmaking, but I thought it was a perfectly good movie. I thought it was enjoyable. I mean, I'm not religious. There's some religious undertone, well, overtones. It is about the end of the world. Um, but you know, like I thought it was perfectly fine. I thought, I thought everybody did a great job. All of the, the actors were, were fantastic. Dave Batista in particular was incredible the way that he kind of mixes because his character is this leader of these. Okay. It's been out for a while. So I'm just going to spoil it a little bit. Um, So this family they're in the, they're in this cabin and they're, they're there and it's this gay couple and their daughter. And their daughter is like an adopted 
uh, 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 Chinese girl who they, who they adopted from China. And that's, you know, they're there together at this cabin and these people show up and they're like, look, you have to, you, one of you has to kill the other one. Like one of you, you guys have to agree that one of you needs to be murdered. And one of you, one of the other ones of you have to do it to them or else the world is going to end. And they're like, at first when they come in and they like tie them up, they like break into the cow, like all when they first are accosted by this group of people, they're like, Oh, you guys are like, like bigots. And you guys are, are like crazy conspiracy people. And you guys are like not right wing nut jobs. And you're targeting at us cause we're gay and all this stuff. And they're like, no, like, we had all these visions about what was going to happen. And like, we were told by like a higher power, like it's, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to this. You guys are just the ones that were chosen because you have a, a true loving family and it's a sacrifice that has to be made for the greater good. Right. And so they, a lot of the, the movie is them trying to like work through this together. But every time they ask if they want to, do it and they say no one of the people gets murdered by the other people and then a and then a, a catastrophe happens so the first guy is like yo are you the first time they're like yo they explain all this to them and they're like so are you going to make a choice and they're like no we're not going to make a choice and they just beat a guy to death in front of them it's insane Jesus. yeah and it's it's incredibly tense and incredibly like, yes, of course, I don't really believe in the biblical apocalypse and a biblical God and all that stuff. But suspend your disbelief of that and just watch it for what it is. And Dave Batista, he's the like leader of them, but he's like a school teacher. So like he'll be like talking to them and he'll be like, you know what I love about teaching kids is that they they believe everything you say. And like, you know, like I'm able to to help them understand and mold them for the, to make a better world. And like, it's hard when you're talking to other people because they're jaded. And he's saying all these like very like thoughtful things. And he's talking to the daughter when, and he's like saying all these nice, kind, caring things. But then he's standing there being like, one of you has to shoot the other one or the world's going to end. And it's like, it's like crazy performance. So good. So good. It's worth watching. It's a little hokey. It's an M night Shyamalan movie, as you said, but I really, really enjoyed it comparative to some of the other stuff that he's put out. I thought it was really good. I, I enjoyed watching it quite a bit. Um, I'll watch it eventually. It's like, it's, it's streaming somewhere. I yeah, it's on it. Amazon. That's where I, that's where I watched it. Um, I also, uh, you know, again, haven't, haven't been feeling, too great. So a lot of the stuff that I've watched has just been a lot of rewatches, but I did rewatch uh Princess Mononoke uh with right. my 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 girlfriend. I forgot how hard that movie goes, uh, which led me into watching uh Nausicaa again, uh uh, which is also just a banger to Studio Ghibli films that just absolutely slap. Um and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I did watch Extraction 2 as well, which was a competently made decent better than average action film um you know we've been spoiled a little bit lately with action uh um and and, and you know i don't think it reaches wick uh levels of of 
of insanity, but I really actually enjoyed it as far as just something to put on and watch. The prison escape sequence is like some of, it recalls the raid very much, um, which the director has mentioned, uh, the raid, raid two. Um, but the prison yard fight scene and the escape from the prison is a plus action filmmaking. Like it fucking rips. Um, it kind of loses steam in the latter half of the film, but just overall was like a, a really tight, well-made action film that I really enjoyed. Um, I, I've also rewatched another film, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that um, uh, at the end of the episode and next week. Uh, Cause uh, you know, uh, it might be the one that we're talking about. Um, yeah. And uh, um, what else did I watch? There's a couple more. Uh, I rewatched the movie. Okay. This is, this might be a hot take. I might, this might be a hot take strapping for this one. Um, I like the movie bright. I think it's good. That Netflix movie that came out that David Ayer directed about the orc and the human, that movie kind of fucking rips. I don't know why everybody hated it. I, people were ripping that thing apart. Like it was the worst thing that they've ever seen. And I rewatched it and I was like, no, I really like this movie. Like I like the world building. Mm. I like the idea. I like, I, I enjoy the performances. I like the CGI. I think that it's, it's a really cool kind of fantasy cop movie. Like, and yeah. I actually really enjoy it. And I wish there was a sequel and I'll die on this hill. That, that it's, it's good. I would like to see more. That's that's my yeah. That's my I, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of Will Smith vehicles coming out uh, anytime soon, particularly. Uh, but no, I, David Ayer, he is competent at making a certain type of movie, which happens to be a type of movie I do enjoy, which is kind of you know gritty crime movies. But I feel like he's kind of like one note with it. Kind of yeah, sometimes. A little, sometimes, yeah. But I mean, he's he's so hot and cold because some of the movies that he's made are some of my favorite. Like, I love Fury. Like, I think slept. Fury yes, is absolutely. like is like a modern classic to me. Like, I think it's one of the best war yeah. movies made. Uh, End yeah. of Watch is a is a banger, mm-hmm. and I like Bright. I think I think Bright is what yeah. is is does what Suicide Squad was trying to do, but better. Like, I I think that the world building, I think that the idea behind it, like, I don't know, a lot of people probably were poo-pooed about the, you know, turn their nose up about about kind of a modern fantasy. But I think upon revisiting it, um, and I liked it when it came out, I didn't think that it was, you know, stellar. But re-watching it, I was like, this is actually pretty damn good. And I really enjoyed re-watching it. There was stuff that I missed the first time and, and, that I caught only, you know, well, this is probably like the third or fourth time that I've watched it, but you know, sometimes it takes a couple of rewatches for me to really figure out what I feel about a film. And I feel like everybody was a little bit too harsh on this one. I recommend a rewatch. I enjoyed it. I mean, it's not, it's not art film, you know, No. but like, no, it's pretty good. Will Smith is being Will Smith. Uh, um, Joel Edgerton is the orc is really good. Oh, the yeah, idea, like yeah, the the idea of the kind of like how magic exists and the police having to deal with, you know, uh, uh, magical creatures and and racism against like not only against 
you know, black people and, and, and yeah, other minorities, so but the orcs, you know, District it's just cool. nine, but instead of being apartheid, it's um, American racism. Basically. Yeah. Cause that's actually a really apt, that's nine. really an yeah. apt uh, definition of it. But one, like small things that I, I missed. And now that I've, I've rewatched it after kind of forgetting the film, there's a part where they're like, it's like obviously supposed to be this, this thing about like, you know, the orcs are mistreated. There's these orcs that are getting arrested and the police are just like wailing on them with, with batons and stuff like that. But behind them, there's a centaur cop. And I was like, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. Like, I was like, this is, they would be cops, wouldn't they? You know, horsemen. Yeah. A literal horseman. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a good pondering of, you know, if mythical beasts were here, what, what positions would they take? Yeah. I think, uh, cause yeah, given that horses ride cop, like were cops ride horses, or, yeah. you know, let's inverse this. Like, yeah, the, basically you, <laughs> minotaurs will show up to Canada and just take over. The Can Mount you East. imagine seeing if you were like running from the cops and you turned around and it was a centaur. So it's a a horse's body with a human top who's carrying a baton and behind it on top of him is another cop. Yeah. But they're both both wearing RCMP outfits with like the big, (laughs) with the big brown hat and the red jacket. But he's also just hauling ass because he's a fucking half horse. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it was imagine uh, that, that cop kneeling on you. Nah, no, thank you. Not negative. Anyway. So I would, I would recommend if you're, if you're bored, maybe, maybe uh, have a little bit of the medical, have, have smoke some legal and, and, and pop pop it on. If you, if you, you know, if you just give it a, give it another try. I think, I think that, I don't know, maybe it was the context of when it was released Maybe. Maybe it's just because I'm able to kind of like step back and not be like, oh, you know, because, yeah, it is yeah, a bit heavy handed. I, I think at the time it was a kind of bad timing, given the uh, what has been going on. And a lot of people are like, this is woke orc bullshit. And yeah. it's like, yeah, I don't know. it's just a David Ayer movie. I'm sure I'm, and I'm sure that there are other things that I watch, too, but I can't really think of them right now. And also we're. We're cut, we're cutting yeah, it yeah. close, so I'm. Why don't you take okay. it over? Anything you've been watching, you want to shout out? Oh, uh, yes, I want to shout out one thing, but also uh, David Ayer. One movie I don't think a lot of people know about this movie, Harsh Times. It's with fucking uh, Christian Bale as like a crazy, coked out PTSD, L like L A cop is fucking insane. Like it's actually a crazy movie and. Uh, I think it's definitely one of his lesser known movies. So if you like David Ayer, like this one's more in line with like Training Day in terms of like grittiness. So if you fuck with Training Day, watch Harsh Times. And also, yeah, I mean, Christian Bale is always fucking sick. But with what have I watched recently? I mean, in the past couple of days, just a lot of, you know, comforting uh, things. So like yesterday... Me and Pear watched Team America, World Police, classic, hilarious, some of the best songs ever. Everyone has AIDS, AIDS. Um, uh, another movie we watched recently, As Above, So Below. It's like about these treasure hunters, but it's like a found footage horror movie of which they go into the catacombs beneath Paris. And then um, 
yeah, they keep going deeper and deeper and deeper and more creepy shit happens. I don't really want to give away what they find down there, but it's uh, some fucked up shit. And it's a movie I've seen multiple times now, and I very much enjoy it, even though I'm not a huge fan of, of found footage. That one does it good. And then, you know, I've seen a lot of shit recently, actually. I've been watching a lot of stuff. Like, I watched The Town for the first time, actually. Great movie. Great Enjoyed movie. It. Watched, uh, rewatched The Evil Dead, the original. Loved it. Uh, watched The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance for some reason. I don't know. Watched the original Omen. Uh, great movie. But one, have you ever, like, had the moment of when you're watching a movie and you're like, fuck, this is, this is big. Like a movie that like just like hits you in a way that you're like, holy shit, like how have I not like seen this? Or like it just like ticks like everything that you like about movies and it just hits so many things. Anyway, so I had that like a week or week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago now moment of just like finding a like perfect movie that I was like, Oh, this is a movie I love. And this will be a movie that I'll come back to many, many times in the future. and will be an all time favorite. And this one is kind of, you know, it was kind of an obvious one because number one, it's a Paul Schrader movie, but it is his most out there movie. So I'm talking about the movie Mishima, a life in four chapters, which Paul Schrader did in the mid eighties. And it's a weird movie because it's completely in Japanese with a Japanese cast. And it was written by him and his brother and then translated by his brother's wife, who is Japanese. And it tells the story of Yukio Mishima, who was like a beloved best-selling Japanese author and like was a huge in like the 1950s and 60s he is like the biggest author is he's like fucking i don't know george rr R. martin or some shit like everybody reads this guy's shit everybody reads this guy's shit he's the and rock he's the rock star author yeah yeah he's like he's like japanese stephen king he doesn't he's but he it's like drama it's like uh you know what uh he does like Mirakami type stuff, but yeah. like in the fifties and sixties type stuff. So it's like kind of fantastical drama shit, but you know, very good stuff. And then the dude like loses his mind one day and like starts a mil. He goes to like the military headquarters and tries to overthrow the military. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing? And then he commits seppuku in the fucking office of the military. And then like, so like Japan has just like forgotten about this guy and like, has just like, you can't like talk about him or whatever. So Paul Schrader of all people, an American filmmaker decided to make an American film about this Japanese guy. The film's all in Japanese though. And it's weird because it's not like a traditional biopic. It like parts of the movie are adaptations of some of his like stories, but the adapt, but the parts of the stories relate very much to his life. And it sort of like shows his self-destructive characters. So like in every possible way, it is a Paul Schrader movie. It has all the tropes and all like the themes and motifs of a Paul Schrader movie but it's shot like this beautiful Japanese art film and it's fucking mind blowing, dude. It is so beautiful. Like all the adapted pieces are shot like on soundstage and it's all very obviously a set, but it's very colorful. And it's like, 
it's like I haven't seen fucking anything like it. It's so weird. And then there's also just the like greatest like Philip Glass score ever. Like I and I've heard this music before, and I don't know where I've heard this music before. But as soon as I heard it, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like I know this, but and like I don't know. There are just so many parts of this movie that actually just like moved me, and I'm like, "Holy fuck!" Like. I don't know. There hasn't been like a movie that has like done this to me in such a long. Maybe when I saw the whale was maybe like the last time I have had like such a visceral reaction to like a movie. But I was watching this and I was like, "This is the like a five out of five. Like I want to like as soon as I finished it, I was like, I kind of want to watch that movie again. Like I don't know. It was. I love that. I love that feeling when you finish it and you're like, I could just put it back on and run it back. Like, go back to the beginning let's let's do it yeah well and definitely that, i've never seen that one i've heard about it and it's that definitely sounds like something on my alley because um i have been i want to watch the master gardener um i still haven't and and that's oh. that's that's what i want to that's one of the ones that's on my list um, oh, yeah. it's just been a crazy uh, crazy couple uh uh couple couple weeks mm-hmm. here um yeah I, is that is that all for the for yeah, the film? And you just mentioned Master Gardener. I just want to give a quick shout out to Brian Locke here. Obviously, you know, writer, director, snow blinded, friend of the show, uh, personal friend of mine. Uh just it's just such a great dude. So uh Snow Blinded and uh Regicide both uh did like a double feature over at the Amherst Cinema. I forget what the actual theater name is, where Brian works out in Nova Scotia. And, uh, you know, I guess it was a good showing and, you know, shout outs to anybody that went that, you know, potentially listens to the show, but also just shout out to Brian because he sent me a couple gifts of recent movie posters. So now I have a full size theater size poster of Master Gardener. I have a giant fucking Joel Edgerton head that I can just put somewhere. He also gave me one of inside the Willem Dafoe movie, uh, two of asteroid city, which I have yet to actually see. And then what was the fifth one? Oh, and then a giant poster of Bo is afraid where it has not Joaquin Phoenix, but the kid that looks just like Joaquin Phoenix, who also looks like he's AI Joaquin Phoenix, but that kid's actually a real person that actually (laughs) looks just like that. It's fucked up. So, so, so I you, think it fits perfectly into the frame where I have my Apocalypse Now poster. So I'm going to put AI Joaquin Phoenix there. Nice. Well, yeah. Shout out, shout out, Brian, uh, and and um, those the the VHSs that they made look sick. Yeah, they look they look dope. Um, uh, and uh, uh, yeah, that's that's sick. I I could definitely I don't think I have any film posters down here. I have like show posters and stuff, but I don't have any um any any film posters. I have a poster from our uh live show that the first show, the first cemetery sound show at Summer's End, a couple right. couple punk, punk shows that I went to and stuff. Anyway, I think that's probably about it for today. Um uh we're going to wind it down. But uh, but please, if you're listening to us, let us know what you've been watching. Let us know what you've been listening to. You can fill out the little form on the Spotify. Or you can send us a message on 
on uh, Instagram, uh, or you can email at us bird pro or bird protocol at gmail.com. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so next week, well, first and foremost, do you have anything you want to promote? Uh, no, just follow me on Instagram. Otis Morris dude. Uh, as we talked about earlier, that, uh, funny clip, I, I thought it was pretty funny of me doing standups there. And, uh, yeah. Word. That's all I got. Well, um, obviously my Palm Reader EP has been delayed slightly because of all of this stuff, but it is still coming. And uh, and so Stranger Days Volume 1 will be happening uh, within the next couple weeks. And uh, I can't wait to get that out to everybody. I'm really proud of, of uh, how it's sounding and of the songs. And um, yeah, I'm just feeling really confident about the hip hop stuff. I'm working on the Anxiety Weekend stuff as well. Um, but it's the summer. So, you know, check out on infinite repeat and check out different. Now the album, the album and EP I released as anxiety weekend, uh, uh, that it's great summary pop music to listen to. Um, and, and please do check out the singles that I've released from stranger days, volume one, uh, uh, that's on the soundcloud, uh, cemetery sound soundcloud. Also check out monolith, uh, from that gent guy. Um, uh, it was a pleasure to be involved in that. And we've got a little bit more, I think, I believe uh, some, some, uh, some, something's happening with that. There may, there might be a bit more on the way. Uh, and also um, I had the pleasure of mastering three kind of folk, folk punk pop. I don't know how to explain his music. He's a singer songwriter, Will Hollis uh, from, uh, from, from, uh, uh, near Ottawa, Belleville area. And, uh, and he is this kind of amalgamation of, of lots of different kind of some ways, very Bob Dylan-esque, some ways, very blue rodeo-esque, some ways, very Tom Waits, um, very unique voice, excellent songwriter. I did three albums with him and, um, I worked on three albums with him and they're coming out on the 21st. So, uh, you know, lots of things coming out of the cemetery, even though we're taking a little bit of a pause so I can take care of my health. Um, but, um, yeah, check it out. Check out the new website. I updated a bunch of stuff, uh, www.cemeterysound.com. Um, and you can check that out. There's like a bunch of Spotify embeds. You can listen to albums that I've worked on, listen on my listen to my own music, listen to some of Otis's music. And, and there's a lot of stuff on there for you to check out. Uh, so if you're, uh, you know, interested, check, take, take a look and I'll be opening up my availability fully again in the fall. And hopefully I can work with some people. So if you're looking to work, hit me up now, we can set something up for the fall and you can save yourself a chunk of time. I guess that's all I need to promote. So I hope everybody has a fantastic week ahead. And uh, next week we are coming at you with one of uh, what I feel is like an incredibly underrated film, or maybe it's like not talked about anymore. And I feel like it should be, but we're talking about Gore Verbinski. Why do you think? Pardon? <laughs> Why do you think it's not talked oh, about Oh yeah, anymore? I guess, I guess there is some, uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess I didn't even think about that, but I mean that he's only one, he's one part. Well, yeah, we'll talk about it next week. Yeah. Um, but we are talking about Gore Verbinski's Pirates of the Caribbean and the, Curse of the Black Pearl, which is uh, just past its 20-year anniversary. I watched it, uh, and it still holds up, and it's it's really good. I don't know why. 
people nah, that, that, that one's a classic. It's a classic. It's movie. so good. Um, so we're going to talk about that next week, and uh, and I'm sure we'll get into why people yeah. might not be talking about it. But um, yeah. and I'll have some fun Gore Verbinski facts for you. Yeah, what a name, Gore Verbinski. That's just Dude. that's nuts. And then he directed The Ring. Dude, what a fucking name to make horror movies with. What's your first name? Gore? Okay. Uh, okay there, buddy. Um, yeah, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Cat and Jack Sparrow. We'll talk about Barbosa. We'll talk about Will Turner. We'll talk about uh, Kira Knightley uh, trying making hard. Making me feel things as a young boy. <laughs> as a young boy, yeah. Kira Knightley making me, uh, making me uh, you know. Feel some things, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Well, uh, always initiate. Pardon? I said it's going to be a good one. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, and uh, yeah, as always, uh, initiate the protocol. Oh, I forgot to say, you can follow me on Instagram at P-A-L-M-R-E-A-D-R. I also uh, got rid of Twitter, so you can't find me on there anymore. Um, so if you want to get in touch with me, Instagram is a place. Give me a follow and uh, and holler at me if you if you want. All right. Well, we'll see you guys Thank next you. week with Pirates of the Caribbean. Peace out. Bye.